The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the peace Yes, sir. It's all eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. We are excited to bring you another edition of the show where we bring you nothing but the most influential, talented, intriguing personalities in the Cleveland sports landscape on a weekly basis. That's how we do it. Big show tonight as Ken Carmen of 92.3 Superstar Talent does a national show, covers your Browns on the show every morning. Huge fan, King of Cleveland Radio, on the show tonight. So you start getting excited. It's all eyes on Cleveland, baby. Thank you, Mikey. Well done, as usual, on the ones and twos bringing us in. This is another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. You can catch all episodes of the show at iTunes, Speaker, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, Radio.com, or Google Play. will be published Tonight, I believe, if not tonight, tomorrow morning, but I believe tonight at USA Today Sports Media Group's The Browns Wire, where I write, uh, and plus we you can go to our web page, Cleveland Monster show for you tonight as uh, superstar uh, radio personality Ken Carmen joined me for a half hour of uh, hashing through all that is the Cleveland Browns right now. Um, and we're going to get to that right away. Uh, after that, we, of course, uh, will come back. I've got a couple things to t- think about uh, to go over with schedule release tonight. As the Browns schedule, the whole NFL schedule will be released at 7.30 p.m. tonight. Uh, and uh, a couple little factoids to look at there. And uh, then we'll get you out of here. But this is uh, All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, Ken Carmen was nice enough to take some time out of his busy schedule one of the uh, hardest working men in radio um, and uh, he uh, spent uh, a couple minutes with me here to talk about everything going on with your brownies so without any further ado uh, Ken Carmen of the Ken Carmen show at 92.3 the fan and here it is and we are absolutely thrilled to bring on All Eyes on Cleveland today, uh, one of my favorites, uh, the king of Cleveland radio, uh, Ken Carmen of 92.3 The Fan. He hosts the Ken Carmen Show uh, every morning. Uh, you can hear him on your radio waves and, of course, does a national show on the weekends as well. Ken, welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland. How are you today? Brad, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I'm making a little noise in the background. I'm making my boys food, so it won't no last worries. forever, so... 
Yeah, thanks for bear. I'm sorry. I was trying to get it done before you called, but I missed your call, and I'm like, oh, geez, I got to get all this taken care of. So sorry about that. No worries at all. We're just uh, happy that uh, you made uh, some time for us here today. We're glad to have you on. Um, so, so I listen to you. Obviously, uh, I listen to you uh, pretty much on a daily basis. I usually don't end up listening because of my day until the evening with the wonderful uh, radio.com, right? So you go and listen to you guys in the morning. And uh, I listen to your national show as well. Um, is that a is that a weird transition for you to make? Just as a personal question, kind of from going from. Uh, you know, just talking to predominantly Cleveland sports fans uh, to go into talking on a national level. Uh, at first, it was, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's very much of one anymore. Um, just because at first, when I first did it, I I was afraid. I didn't want to do too much Cleveland-centric stuff. Yeah, and, and make too many references because you know my everyday job is in Cleveland, and I just didn't want people to you know from other places go well you know I'm not in Cleveland so I don't care. I didn't want to do that. The thing was, <laughs> is that you know LeBron was here, and then Johnny Manziel, and things were going with him, and you really can't. I, I it was kind of an eye opener to see just how much stuff does revolve around Cleveland. Uh, you know when I first started it, so you know there's there's comparisons here and there, but it you know it's not a bad thing and. And it's it's been kind of fun because you know for some of the people who have who have listened over the you know the few years I've done it, uh, they they've kind of known that I'm from there, so they kind of react to it and they'll they'll kind of poke me and prod me and things like that about stuff in Cleveland when stuff in Cleveland does does really happen. But it it can only be a bad thing every now and then because you know if I'm talking about like the Patriots or something like that. Every now and yeah. then you'll get, well, you watch the Browns, so it doesn't I'm like, well, yeah, man, but if I see your team's doing poorly, I think I know what poor football looks like. So I'd, I'd be kind of nervous. So that's just one of them things to kind of go back and forth. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed the uh, the uh, uh, Carmbine this year. That was pretty <laughs> <laughs> creative. I had fun with it. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's been two weeks since uh, Andrew Barry. Uh, youngest GM in the NFL uh, made his first NFL draft. You've had some time, uh, as have all of us uh, Browns fans, to let these picks uh, sink in. Um, do you feel any differently than you did initially? You know, uh, your initial reaction to the draft, um, and uh, are there any picks that you know two weeks out now maybe you're second guessing a little bit more, or not really? No, I, I try to be positive, and it's this is where you know, and I've done that before on the network where I, I don't try to tear down every pick. I try to see why the pick was made because I don't know, you know, these guys, you could have six round guys who end up being incredible and you could have, you know, number one overall picks who end up being busts. So we don't know. So I don't want to sit there and rip the guys who just got drafted. So I, I, I see the reasoning in some of the picks that are made with, with every team. And I know that's not, that's not the best take ever, but I think it's the truth. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to be very negative towards any team. And the picks that they made, you know, they made a lot of sense. You know, Jedford Wills is a good athlete. And, you know, he's one of the top-rated tackles. I, I did want to stay away from Makai Becton. I was nervous about that. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, any guy who fails the test during the combine, it's not just – listen, I know that not a lot of people care about pot, and I really don't care about pot. I know that a lot of guys in the NFL smoke pot, and that doesn't bother me, but – you know, they, they just keep yourself out of trouble. Make, being able to make responsible decisions, even with it, 
and, and being able to take care of your business. I just I just look at that look at that as a failure of being able to take care of your business. So nothing personal. Just it just took me off. It just took them off my board. If they would have taken them, maybe I would have had a problem with that. But you know, Jedrick Willis makes sense. The other picks make sense. Uh, yeah, you know, he, you rarely go wrong with SEC players. Right. Um, the 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 Donovan Peoples Jones pick. I, I'll it bothers me because I'll end up defending it up to a couple of a couple of guys out there just you know because they get excited about it or upset about it. Um, if he's good, he's good. If he's not, it's like, hey, he's a six-round pick, so it's not that real. It's not really that big of a deal. The only thing that I would say is that, yeah, you know, Ohio State does tend to have really great athletes, and so when in doubt, I would probably pick Ohio State guys. But I don't have all the information they do. I don't have all the all the wherewithal that they they do where they can make those plans, and I can't. So I think that what the way I'm saying it, it's pretty inexact. It's it's pretty inexact and. I guess you would say half-assed because I'm just sitting here behind a mic. I'm not really getting into it, and my my livelihood has been decided on whether or not these guys are failures or not. Yeah, absolutely. No, it makes sense that you get, you know, yeah. I heard you guys talk a little bit about this, and it's always a running narrative with the Ohio State, Michigan, and the draft. Mm-hmm. It, it just really, for me, is a not. It should be a complete non-factor uh, to me. I, I get the, uh, you know. KJ Hill was there or whatever, but if you talk to some people, I think that Donovan Peoples Jones is a better prospect, probably mm-hmm. athletically, and 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 you know, so we'll see how that works out. But it, I, I thought that was a good flyer. At, it at helped his, yeah, I, I agree. I think it it helped his case to at least to, to warm some people up when when the uh, the audio of Urban Meyer came out about Donovan Peoples Jones. You know, yes. people really trust Urban and what he sees in players. I do think he probably – I don't know if he would have been like a first-round pick or anything, but I think he would have been higher had he had picked Ohio State. But, you know, that's not his fault. He picked an opportunity. And, you know, I, I'm still very critical of Michigan because I, I don't believe in their coaching staff. I don't believe in their head coach. Uh, you know, I, I've been very critical of Jim Harbaugh. And I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones should be – if that's the way things are going to be, I think that that guy should be a cautionary tale and uh, in, in what Michigan football really is right now. So if I were if I were a hardcore Michigan fan, and I'm not a hardcore Ohio State fan, I mean I make that abundantly clear, but I would be uh I'd be pretty concerned. I'd be pretty concerned because that kid probably should have been able to make a difference for them, a real difference for them, and he never was able to. Yeah, agreed. And, and you know, parents, you know, that have prospects, uh, you know, uh, a cautionary tale there too. You know, steer your kids away from to somebody that can throw you the football. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so good stuff. You know, I came away from the draft feeling pretty good. I, I got to tell you, uh, Ken, I- I'm a little scared uh, about the Browns uh, as far as their linebacker room goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of use, a lot of inexperience. You know, you feel good. I feel good like Mac Wilson is going to be a good player. Uh, I don't know what to expect from Taki Taki, uh, you know, and then you've got uh, a kind of a journeyman uh, linebacker with B.J. Goodson. I mean, I, I don't know if journeyman's the right word, but uh, he's, a he's a vet. I mean, a bit, yeah. No big deal. Yeah. And then, and then he, uh, and then the new guy, right? So uh, from LSU and yeah, uh, Phillips. Phillips, Jacob Phillips. So who is seems like a really good tackler and really athletic, but you know, change of direction, struggles a little bit, and they struggle in coverage. I mean, that room is ridiculously young, right? I mean, seriously, yeah. it's kind of scary. Uh, do you uh, expect 
expect them to make a move there? Are you concerned there as well? I I don't know. I don't. You know, I've talked to some people today about it, and you know, I I, I just don't want to sit there and keep saying, well, I want I want Clay Matthews really bad. I want Clay Matthews really bad. I don't want to sit there and say that because. Yeah, I, uh, there's obvious reasons why I certainly wouldn't have a problem with Clay Matthews, and it's not just who his dad is. It's that you know he's still 34 years old, which is a little old, but I'm not asking him to be the future of my franchise in that position. Their problem is, and and we looked at this last year too, is that it takes it feels as if it takes a lot longer to build a defense than it does build an offense. You because you, mm-hmm. you got to build depth. A lot of those positions are rotational. Never, things just aren't naturally set up the way they are when they are with the offense. Uh, there's there's just a lot of hectic things that have to go on on defense. And so you're just not in the proper positioning all the time to have the type of consistency, to have the type of solid foundation that you have on offense. And I think that's with every football team. Now you take the Browns where they've had different coaches and different general managers and different philosophies and You've had players that have come in and had some success, and then they've been gone. I mean, Jannard Avery was here for one year, and we liked Jannard Avery, and yeah. immediately got rid of him. Yeah, and that was a point of contention with a lot of people, and I agreed with how people felt about that. I really liked Jannard Avery, but you look in your division. I think we have to look at our own rivals and think about how how long it's taken them, and what they've built, the systems that they have built. Where Pittsburgh has a system right now, where I, I've been extremely critical of Bud Dupree over his entire career. I, I have not thought very much of Bud Dupree. But Bud Dupree gets T.J. Watt on the other end of him, and all of a sudden Bud Dupree is able to make a difference and is a player that likes. Yes. I, I, I think I see the same thing with the Cleveland Browns here where Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett could run backwards and be better than Bud Dupree. But mm-hmm. we expect so much out of Miles because we we haven't really had anybody. We it was easy to pick Miles Garrett. You know, cartoon characters could have picked Miles Garrett. Right. Where are you putting him? Where are you putting him with other people? And when you lost Miles last year, you just you saw just how the lack of depth that they had, and it takes them years to put that together. And now you see what Pittsburgh's done, what Baltimore has done. Where, yeah, Baltimore can lose a guy like C.J. Mosley, and they're able to replace him. And the player's not as good as C.J. Mosley, obviously, but. They, they can hold their defense, and they can make things better, and their offense makes things better for their defense because their offense has a good coaching staff with people around it who can support a young quarterback and can do those things. And sadly, the Browns haven't had any of that. And so this, this is where my hope is with Kevin Stefanski. It's like let's just let's calm it down here. Bill Callahan has been an offensive line coach or a football coach for 40 years in the NFL. Kevin Stefanski's young. he got a lot of guys that can help out. I'm hoping good things for Joe Woods. I'm just hoping that hey, you can keep some of these guys here, and keep a good, a, a good close knit type of atmosphere for the next, uh, you know, for the next decade. I hope because if they're not able to do that, if they're not able to do that, we're gonna we're gonna run into the same problems we have in the past. It's it, it's yeah. such a vicious cycle, and I and I do think it's not. We always focus on quarterback, but I really think the biggest example of that is that defense and how you have to piecemeal it together, and it's so difficult to do. In a short amount of time, I think it's not just going to be one more year of drafts. You know, I think it's going to be a few more years. I think it's probably going to take two, three more years to get this defense the way that people will feel comfortable with it. 
Yeah, and it, it, it's so true what you said about Baltimore and Pittsburgh is they can lose a piece and replace it because mm-hmm. the, the core pieces around it, you know, it, it fills right in. It makes up for it. There's continuity. There's all that stuff. You know, the Browns mm-hmm. threw a ton of one-year contracts at the defense this year. You mm-hmm. know, and those, that's just like, hey, let's let's get through this year, right? Let's, you yeah. Know, let's, you know, and then and then it you know at linebacker they're so young. Um, it, it's a it's a good point. If you could it, say they were going to go out and make a move in free agency, I'm going to give you some names here, okay? If you could have one pick of all these guys, uh, would you rather have uh, Clowney, Everson Griffin, Clay Matthews, or you could go towards the uh, linebacker room a little bit and go Alec Ogletree? Or like a Nigel Bradham, who I like a lot. Well, Nigel Bradham's a nice, strong uh, veteran. I do like yeah. him. Uh, I think that if it were coming down to the defensive end spot, I think, uh, you know, Everson Griffin has a nice motor. Uh, I think that he'll give me a good – I think he'll give it effort. I'm still nervous about Jadeveon Clowney. Uh, some of that's not his fault, and some of that's just my little picadillos where I'm just afraid the Browns will be used again. They have been used again. Uh, yeah. been a place where – you know, guys come here and they collect a paycheck and, and they walk around on the field and that's it. And, and I get nervous about that when it comes to to Jadeveon. But it's just a nerve that's not really founded in reality. And so yeah. I think i got to get over it because he did try to play through an injury last year. Uh, it, it was a rough year for him. He was still able to make some plays, but it was a rough year for him. And when he was in Houston, towards the end of his career in Houston, he really started to make a difference with that defense. So – there's a couple of things that, that do work out in his direction. It's just, man, the price, the years, um, his age is, boy, his age is wonderful. His age is so wonderful. But it, there's a reason, again, why he's still available. And so yes. that is price. Uh, but there's a reason he's still available even at 27 years old because he, really he really should be hitting the sweet spot right now, and he isn't. So that, the, the longer we wait, the more nervous I get about that, that type of thing. But, you know, Alec Ogletree is a nice – Nice veteran. You know, I mentioned Clay Matthews before. I like Everson Griffin. Uh, there there are still some names out there that I, I wouldn't mind spending some money on to help this defense. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, just it, it just one, even just one body maybe in that linebacker room, I feel I would feel better with an experience like a Bradham or an Ogletree, like you said. I, yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not so much worried about defensive end as much anymore since Adrian, you know, but since Playborn's here and I feel like they'll be okay there. I just, I really more than anything uh, want to supplement that, that uh, linebacker room. You're listening to all eyes on Cleveland with a very, very special guest, Ken Carmen of 92.3, the fan, the Ken Carmen show. Uh, and we are thrilled to have him on today. Um, it is uh, rumored, uh, Ken, that the salary cap could go down next year with all of the uh, kind of weird climate that we're in. Um, mm-hmm. And Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, came out uh, speaking this week saying that this year will be better than ever. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, Odell has surprised me. He's more... Uh, I guess articulate when he speaks uh, than I ever thought he would be and well-spoken at times. So he kind of makes you feel good when he gets in front of the camera and talks a little bit. But at the same time, um, I wonder how long he is for this roster. Certainly, obviously, he's going to be here this year. Um, I guess my question will be, you know, 
the payday for a lot of these guys is, is coming, right? And um, I don't know if you look at say the 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 magic word analytics. If you look at analytics, I, I feel like part of that will have something to do with um, the way that they allocate their funds. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long they're going to be keen on paying $28 million to two wide receivers. No, I don't think it'll be very long at all. Uh, if he's, you know, if he's bad this year, you'll scrap it. Um, right. And then, you know, I, it, it, it's an unpopular thing to say because, you know, the fanboys who love wide receivers, they get in about it. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Odell Beckham Jr. fan. Uh, he, you know, he's smart. He's just immature at times, but he's smart. There ain't nothing there, no doubt about it. He's not yeah. an idiot. But there is a difference between being smart and being mature. And, you know, Odell's obviously had those problems there. And some of that I can actually understand. But I I think that this year, you know, if he does poorly, it's, it's no question. You're just trying to get value out of him. And you'll probably trade him for late picks and, and try to salvage and move on, even though for that contract is tough. So you'll probably just move on from him. Uh, if he does really well, there's going to be a question where, you know, he—I don't think he cares, or he should care, about there being a uh, a lowered salary cap. I don't think he should care. You know, just looking from their perspective on, on this type of stuff. Yeah. I think that he just would say, "Yeah, well, that's that's not my problem. I, pay me my money. I want more money." Yeah. And if he wants more money, that's fine. I just don't know if it's coming with the Cleveland Browns. So that might be a part where they want to trade him, get value back get real good value back. Like, say he has a really nice season, a really nice bounce-back season. Well, then all of a sudden you're feeling good about Baker, and you might be able to catch one of these other teams. Now, it's just depending on what are you going to trade because well, one of these other teams that want him, well, they might be in the same spot you are. They might be in the in the mid-20s somewhere in there when it comes to draft spot. But if they're willing to give up a first-round pick, there's going to be people, why aren't you holding on to them? Well, you don't want to give up. You don't have to pay that money because you have to pay for Miles and hopefully you have to pay for Baker and Nick Chubb and so many other young players. So then it just becomes a question of what's important to you versus what's important to other teams. Um, I think toughest days are yet to come when it comes to the Odell Beckham Jr. saga, sad to say. And I think a lot of that's not just, well, Odell's, Odell's got an attitude. No, a lot of that's just natural because that's, that's yeah. the, the NFL now. Yeah, he uh... – yeah, like you said, you know, him having a an absolutely terrific season is the one that puts you kind of in a pickle, right? Mm-hmm. I feel I feel a little weird about that. It, it would be hard to to watch him walk away after that. But you know, at the same time, I, I would yeah. have rather have Jarvis ten times out of ten. So well, that's fine. I mean, it's still fine though because it, it feels. I, I look at the Giants. I don't think the Giants won it. I don't know. I don't like the term winning trades. I think when you look in business and when you look in sports, the best trades are when both both benefit. But to a lot of people, it really looks as if the Giants won the trade. Well, I don't know how a four-win football team won that trade. I don't get that. <laughs> so, you know, if you have to move on from Odell because he's bad, then you definitely are going to be taking it as well. You just went out and lost the trade. Odell's the cancer and all that other stuff that people say. I don't want it to be that way. So, you know what? If he has 14 yards and all of a sudden there's a headache about paying the guy what he's worth, then fine. I'll deal with that. That's perfectly fine with me. That means I've had a good season, and that means I'll have more confidence in my quarterback. Yeah. I mean, 
you mentioned the guys that they got to pay. I mean, there's going to be Ogan Joby, right? Uh, you know, potentially Denzel Ward. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could be coming around the corner that need to be paid eventually if you want to keep, like, this core together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, that's all the really interesting stuff there with OBJ and something to certainly keep an eye on. You're listening to All Eyes Eye Cleveland with the terrific Ken Carmen from 92.3 The Fan. Schedule release tonight, uh, Ken. Uh, let me give you this real quick. Uh, over and under two and a half, a two and a hook for uh, primetime games. Hmm. Well, I think there's going to be one against the Bengals. Okay. I think they'll be really? in there. I think it makes a lot of sense. Two for two number ones. Okay. Uh, teams with the same basically uh, connected history. Uh, I, I kid from Ohio. <laughs> I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'll put that one in there. I think we'll probably have another one against one of those NFC teams. Probably. I mean, gosh, the Giants just seem to make a ton of sense, don't they? Yeah. They uh, let's say let's. So that means two and a half, three. Yeah, I'd say they can get three. I'd say they get three. I don't know. Three is kind of high when you think about it. It is high for a team that finished six and ten last year. So, um, eh, what the hell? Let's say three. Let's say three. Yeah. I wish they spaced them out, though, a little further instead of they, what they did last year, which boy, had them all basically in the first six weeks, which I think made things really difficult on them. And it made things easier on themselves the way they travel. But I, I still think that they made things pretty difficult. I hope they spaced them out a little bit more this year. Yeah, me too. I think they'll get three, two, uh, you know, throw in a Thursday night or something like that, right? Uh, yeah. And that'll get them to three. Did you see the John Clayton report that, you know, they're going to look at probably playing like the, I guess for the Browns it would be the NFC East in the first four games because of uh, like a kind of a contingency built-in contingency plan? As far, I'm sorry, you broke up there for a second. What did you say, Brad? I'm sorry. No, no worries at all. Uh, if you can, can you hear me okay now, Ken? Yeah, I got you. I was moving around my house. I apologize. No worries at all. Uh, so John Clayton was reporting that uh, you know each team will probably play their out of conference uh, for the first four games or play one of them. I guess for the Browns, it would be the NFC East in the first four games of the season. Um, it's oh. kind of a built-in contingency plan. Did you see that at all? Yeah, you know, that's weird because there's a lot of people on the – I hate I hate days like today because I like surprises and I like I like looking forward to things. Like I'll use an example. We were, uh, we were supposed to go on vacation next week to North Carolina, and we obviously we had to change it. And I said, hey, you know, it doesn't bother me much. I got something I get to look forward to for an entire year. Well, the rest <laughs> there of the you go, right? Everybody <laughs> else was like, oh, that's – I'm like, yeah, I know, but I get something to look forward to. I like having things to look forward to. Yeah. So it's like, oh, the, 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 the schedule's coming out tonight. Great. The schedule's coming out tonight, and everybody's leaking it. Okay, well, that sucks. I've yeah. been trying to not pay attention. There's There's been a couple people trying to debunk that. I don't know. These are good reporters. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and try to debunk what happened. I'll just take it as it is. And, you know, if they got set a line or they were used as a pawn or Maybe they just had the right, the wrong people. It's happened to all of us. God knows it's happened to me. Um, yeah. I think that uh, if they if they do it out of conference at the beginning, see, this is where this is where I think it's it's a little bit interesting. If they start the season and things are okay on our country, then it's all right. What if? But you know, we keep talking about a second wave, and I say all these things. I'm not a doctor. Okay, this is all speculatory and. 
I'm not yes. trying to weird anybody out. I don't really want to spend that much time on the subject because people are coming to you for not this type of thing, but away we go. <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, say a second wave comes, and we have to stop the season, and then you want to pick it up later in the winter or something like that. Well, don't you want to – and what do you have to stop the regular season? You have to pick up after you, want, after you play 10 games. Yeah. And they go, okay, we're going to be able to play a postseason now. Yeah. Where's your divisional games? Where's your divisional yeah. games? Like you, I, I think you want to have at least a few divisional games in the first month and then go back to your divisional games. So in case there's any sort of a tiebreaker, you can look at it and go, hey, the Browns upset the Steelers on this day. The Browns are 2-1 and one in this division. The Browns get the tiebreaker. You know, that type of thing. In case that that thing happens, I, and I'm sure they thought about it. I'm sure they thought about it. We have Brian Billick on today. He said they they thought about something like that. But um, you know, I I wish I'd like to do it like that. But if it comes down to playing all your if it comes down to playing all your divisional opponents later, boy, I kind of like to do that during a regular year. I think that'd be some I think that'd be some wild crunch time stuff, man. You, that'd the be final so much weeks, fun, right? Oh my gosh, the final six weeks, and you're going, especially in a division like ours, which. The Browns have talent. The Ravens are good. The Steelers, they should be good. At least they're well coached. And the Bengals should be better. And now you're going, okay, you know, yeah, the Browns yeah. are 7-3, and three and everybody's rolling and everybody's excited. But now it's going to be time. Let's see how big of stones you guys have now. And we're taking on Steelers and the Ravens, and they get beat, get beat bad. Well, you're going to have to rally the troops because you're going to have to play them here in two more weeks. To try to get yourself in, I I kind of I'm kind of interested in something like that. I think that might be fun during a non-crazy pandemic year, something like that. There, Brad. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like kind of like baseball does it, right? Like they yeah. kind of the last week of the season, now a week and and uh, you know six weeks in football isn't uh, parallel, but still the same thing last week of the season you're always playing a division rival and, and that just makes sense so yeah i like that idea too i think that'd be a lot of fun uh as uh, you get those uh, divisional matchups down the stretch so uh we'll get we're going to finish up here with you ken i want to get to baker mayfield uh real quickly with you before we go okay uh, so my thoughts on baker and and i uh am kind of with you, I believe, uh, that you uh, think that he's going to have a, a bounce-back year. I think he's going to have a good year this year. But I also think that uh, people that are running this, there, there's a narrative out there as well that this is make-or-break it, right? Make-or-break year for Baker. And, uh, you know, I, I heard the other day Chris Stims talking about how Case Keenum's the fourth-best uh, back up in the league, and that if they go one and four, it could be the Case Keenum show, and and all this stuff. Uh, and, and I'm going, no, 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 no. I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, pounding the table because, for me, I would like to see him get all of this year and all of next year, barring a complete and utter meltdown disaster. Right, like uh, if he just played decent ball this year, and you're still, I just want him to be able to have maybe a couple years in the same offense. Or uh, I, I don't think we're doing him justice if if this gets cut off after this year because maybe he doesn't play his best football again. I Thoughts want that. I I totally agree. I totally. Yeah. I want him to. I do not need him to be. I got Nick Chubb, who's one I think one of the best running backs 
uh, in the NFL, and I don't have to worry. I think that guy is driven, and he's the right type of person. He's the right type of player, and I have him, and I have an offensive line that I think is obviously better than what it was last year. And I got a good, a good, I have good wide receivers for him, and, and and some good tight ends. I'm going to give David Njoku another chance. Why do I need Baker Mayfield to put it on his shoulders, and go out and have a Jim Kelly, John Elway, 400 yard a piece shootout? So why yeah. I got to do that? Yeah. So why, what do I got to do that? I don't need to do that. So no. what I'm going to do? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hope that he's Ryan Tannehill, which people are going to roll their eyes at. And I'm going to hope he's Andy Dalton, which people are going to roll their eyes at. But I'll have a shot to go to the playoffs, and then I can say, all right, let's see what he can do with a full offseason again. None of the craziness that's going on right now, the sad craziness that's going on right now. And and see what he can do with a, a camp, a mini camp, OTAs, that type of thing. And let's see if he can ascend. Because I think he was he was humbled last year. He didn't help himself. But it, I, I've always equated it to this. You know, my son, I said this, he goes out, and, and I, I know someday he's going to drive. That's fine, but I can't just hand him the keys when he's 14 years old and let him take my truck out. If he goes down and he wrecks the truck down in the high school down the street from me, they ain't going to arrest him. They're going to arrest me for giving him the keys. <laughs> right, so, no doubt. No. So, yeah, like, yeah, my son, my oldest son, hopefully he'll own his own home and have a job at all those things. I can't just expect him to do that when he's 14. Well, why am I just handing the keys over to Baker Mayfield that, well, yeah, someday he's going to be the franchise quarterback. Okay, why, why does he have to act like it right now? Why does, right. He, why does he have to act like it right now? I mean, you have quarterbacks in this league. Aaron Rodgers has – almost complete autonomy up until this last draft, and then they showed him how much power he really has. Drew Brees shares his power with, with Sean Payton. Andy Reid, Andy Reid has handled Patrick Mahomes as nicely as you can, and Patrick Mahomes sat his first year. Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball backwards and, and blindfold it and probably still score touchdowns. That guy has all the talent in the world, but they've right. been taken care of the right way, and we were just so irresponsible. With a quarterback who does not – listen, Baker can go out there and win football games. There's going to be other guys other than Patrick Mahomes who win Super Bowls, folks. Yeah. So when I, when I see Baker Mayfield, it's like, hey, Baker Mayfield might have limitations. Okay, that's all right. I, I can still go win games with Baker Mayfield. I can make playoff runs with Baker Mayfield. I could go to a Super Bowl still with Baker Mayfield. I still believe they can do those things. But it doesn't mean I just turn things over to him because, well, someday he's going to do those things. That's stupid. And it was irresponsible. And I still feel bad that I, I was caught up in it. I thought he might be able to do it because he had answered every single challenge that was presented to him before that. But it doesn't mean that I go out there and I, I do something reckless. And, and that's what they did. And now i got to get him back to zero, get him with a little bit of confidence again, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll see what he can do. But we just get him back to a decent, confident, comfortable quarterback, and then we'll move on. The problem is it's going to be tough for guys like me because I think Joe Burrow will probably start out really strong this year because defenses are probably going to have to play him straight up, a lot of man, yep. a lot of zone just to see. But but he's going to see some basic stuff. And then I think it's going to be difficult when they start to drop guys into coverage and drop some of those linebackers into passing windows and things like that. But it's going to take a few weeks. So I, there's going to be some comparisons and you know, Faker throws for 220 and two touchdowns and no interceptions, and they win a football game 17-14. And Joe Burrow throws for 350 yards, and they win a football game even, you know, 40-20. to 20. 
that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. People are going to yeah. be ripping Baker up and down, and I'm going to go, no, 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 no. It's the same result. You guys need to relax. So we're going to have to yeah. keep our heads, and it's going to be hard for guys like me too. I'll admit that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think um, you're absolutely right. You know, three coordinators in, in, what, two years, and then, you know, and people can make all the comparisons in the world about, hey, this guy, well, this guy did this or this guy did that. I mean, you know, I could probably drive a car with my feet, but that doesn't make it a good idea. So let's, uh, let's you know, make sure that he has the uh, the proper uh, decision-making behind him. You know, uh, as you said, it has been reckless and it has been uh, uh, handled very poorly. Uh, Ken, you are outstanding. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we are uh, big fans here, and uh, I appreciate you uh, – uh, making the time for us today. Get got the schedule tonight. That'll be exciting. And uh, thank you again. Any parting words for us? Uh, I hope everybody is safe during this time. This is uh, this has given me some real reflection here, being with my family. Uh, I know it's a really tough time. So anybody who's listening, uh, you know, just just try to keep doing what you can. I hope that doesn't seem is seen as too cliche right now, but um. You know, just keep trying to do what you're doing, and hopefully um, someday we won't laugh about this, but this will be a memory, and and we'll come out better with we'll come out better from it together. Ken Carmen, ninety-two point three, the fan. Um, thank you so much, sir. You're you're a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Take care. All right, you too. That was myself interviewing the one and only Ken Carmen of 92.3, the fan and CBS radio. Tremendous stuff from Ken there as we uh, hashed out all the goings on with the Browns, uh, Odell, Baker, the schedule, uh, the draft. Got to it all there, and uh, we'll hit on some of that here quickly before we get you out of here tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. Mikey, thank you for getting us uh, in in the ins and out the outs there. Appreciate you on the ones and twos as always. Uh, and uh, a big thanks to Ken Carmen for uh, lending us the time. He is a busy, busy man uh, working uh, all over the radio. You know, Brown's coverage he does. He does uh, Friday Night Lights when that kicks back in and then his national show on the weekends plus uh, mornings with him and Lima on the Ken Carmen show. So uh, f- fantastic of him to lend us some time here on All Eyes on 
on Cleveland, you can go to www.alleyesoncleveland.com, check out the show there, or where all other popular podcasts are found. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can get All Eyes on Cleveland. It's there. Uh, so go ahead and do that. A couple things we want to cover here tonight before we get up and out of here. Obviously, the schedule is coming out in about two hours. Uh, you know, probably be out by the time you're listening to this, but a couple points here. The Browns, I uh, just saw, with the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. And it goes in this order uh, of the five easiest schedules. It goes Ravens, Steelers, Cowboys, Browns, Redskins. Ravens with the easiest schedule in the NFL. How about that? Then the Steelers, then the Cowboys, then the Browns, then the Redskins. Interesting stuff there. Something to keep your eye on. Ken mentioned, uh, I put the, uh, my over under at two and a hook, uh, on the primetime games. I think that, uh, as some of you are answering me now on Twitter, uh, as I put the question out and pose it to some people, um, some say less, just the hold the six and ten. Uh, season last year over the Browns' heads. Uh, I think uh, that they are still a big enough draw. Oh, Beckham, Baker, uh, Landry, Garrett, all, those names are a big enough draw that uh, they will still get over the two and a half, so the three primetime games. Probably, I, w- I think a Monday, a Sunday, and a Thursday would be my bet. But we'll find out here in a couple hours. Good for David and Joku. Uh, questioned uh, somebody made a kind of a comment about his future after the fifth year. Um, you know, uh, was picked up on his rookie deal and uh, kind of you know made a comment about where he would be after this season or next season uh, or you know even how much playing time he would have uh, with the addition of Austin Hooper uh, but he uh, was quick to reply on Twitter uh, no way man something to that effect uh, I'm all about the competition uh, here that's what we're about you know this that the other but a great response from him a mature response from David Njoku who was uh you know hit with or labeled with whether deservedly or not that immature uh tag last year because of him and Freddie uh same thing with Higgins he was hit with that immature uh tag kind of nationally because he refused to go in the game uh for freddie and against seattle uh obviously i'm a huge higgins fan all of cleveland is a higgins fan i think uh and uh, i hope david can uh, live up to that first round billing eventually as there's plenty of room and there'll be plenty of balls for two tight ends here in this offense so i don't think he he needs to go anywhere to get his uh, in this offense. Uh, I've talked a lot about on this show the Joe Woods defense. Still looking into that more, but it does look to be as my most recent deep dive into what he will run. It looks like we're going to see the four three base or the four three under base. 
and then uh, also mentioned mixing in that uh, cover three. So the the cover three press bail, which is the Seattle uh, scheme, and uh, that's kind of the one I wanted to stay away from. But if they're using it some of the time, I understand that. And then obviously we always mention that you know the base defense that you're in only matters so much if you're you know properly putting in sub packages uh getting more defensive backs on the field because that's the way of the nfl these days will be published uh at the wire the browns wire pardon me dot com uh usa today sports media group uh headed up by jeff risden big thanks to him for always posting the show there and allowing us to get it out there was uh, a couple more things here was watching uh chris sims or or his podcast he did the 10 best backup quarterbacks i mentioned this in the interview to ken uh and he had case keenum as the fourth best backup quarterback in all of football i was a bit surprised by that but uh He said he would also have him in his top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL as well. So uh, high on Case Keenum there. Still uh, says he's gotten a raw deal a couple places. But um, him, you know, sliding into Stefanski's, uh, you know, offense makes him a better backup. Um if Baker were to miss a couple games or go down for a couple games, you would like to think that he could come in and win you a couple games. So uh, good stuff uh, there um, and uh, interesting as well. Um, and uh, let's see here. I'm going to check my Twitter on your guys' responses here. Uh, Scott H., this is in regards to the... Uh, over and under two and a half on the primetime game tonight. Scott H. replies, uh, I am thinking two. Um, he wrote something else here and I lost it. Uh, maybe three, just like you said, still star power. That's my point is I still think they have the draw to get the three games. Uh, Robert, uh, friend of show, uh, always good comments here on Twitter. Robert uh, Stalnaker, um, the NFL will fall into its uh, stale old crap of showcasing legacy names, not necessarily the best games or most interesting matchups. Uh, think of key players who have switched teams, some teams with big roster improvements or uh, poor defense. Um, page two, Vegas has the following with less projected wins in the Browns. You'll see many of these teams with more primetime games. Interesting. Rams, Chargers, Atlanta, Falcons, um, Chicago Bears, Broncos, Texans, Cardinals, Raiders, Lions, Jets, Dolphins, Giants, Panthers, Bengals, Jaguars, Redskins. Interesting. So uh, good stuff there from Robert. Um, He also throws the Rams in there as well. Uh, So uh good good uh response here glenn browning said uh he didn't think that they would get there that they would hold the six and ten over their head um because of last year uh you know they they front loaded all those primetime games be interesting to see this way the schedule shakes out uh you know 
built-in contingencies or not i'm not sure uh but they they will have a backup plan i think the thing that makes the most sense though is if if the you know the nfl is doing a good job of just proceeding as is like normal normalcy with their timeline right now even though it's a you know a virtual uh off-season program they are going to try to get guys back in in the uh facility um i think it's something like half half of the or 75 total people half of the staff uh can get back in there here they're looking at in a couple weeks and then um that would be phase one um phase two will be uh along with phase one players that are undergoing treatment and recovery uh when uh the the uh, facilities closed will be able to return and continue their treatment that they get from the trainers there and whatnot which is good and then also um uh part of phase one uh is then they will transition to um getting uh some players in all of the staff and then players it sounds like uh, a three-phase program uh memo sent out by roger goodell yesterday to the players uh they were urged not to talk about it publicly etc etc but it did make its way to twitter <laughs> as usual and uh you can read that uh i posted it on my timeline and that's at uh ward on sports you can also so follow the show at all eyes on Clee. That's about it. Uh, everything really good uh, uh, on the uh, interview front here tonight from Ken Carmen. Big thanks to him. Make sure you say so uh, on Twitter if you get a chance. Uh, he uh, is uh, very uh, kind in his busy schedule to uh, give us some time here on the show. Uh, schedule reveal tonight. We'll talk more about it here on the next show. Uh, later this week, we will have another tremendous guest for you. Uh, a couple uh, names pending for the moment, so I won't announce that now. But uh, stick with us. All eyes on Cleveland. Hope you enjoyed Ken Carmen uh, interview and a uh, little schedule talk, a uh, little defense talk. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with more later this week. For our big thanks to Ken Carmen and for Mikey uh on the ones and the twos uh i am brad ward this has been another episode of all eyes on cleveland we are out